If you enjoy our podcast, please consider supporting Glass Tire. All of the money we raise, since we are a nonprofit, goes right back into our coverage of Texas's art and artists. Our coverage is supported thanks to readers and listeners like you. If you would like to contribute, you can do so at glasstire.com forward slash donate. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hello and welcome to Art Dirt. This is the Glass Tire podcast where we talk about topical art topics. I'm William Saradet. I'm Jessica Fuentes. And today, um, in preparation for the July 4th holiday weekend, we have a nice big general theme for you, uh, which is the subject of artists making work and exhibiting about America being American, being in the United States. And so today, Jessica and I are just going to have a conversation about mostly recent exhibitions on view across the state. Um, There will be a few more historical references that peek in there from time to time. But for the most part, we're just going to kind of have a discussion about what we've recently been seeing uh, exhibited at the museums and galleries in Texas. Jessica, I know that I've got my list. We both compiled our own separate uh, picks of what's been notable. Is there anything that stands out to you or is there um, even maybe just like a broader general grouping that comes to mind when we started putting this list together? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, Maybe about a month or so ago, I started looking ahead to Independence Day and thinking about um, what I might want to write or how I could contribute to conversations that Glass Tire has already had with artists about how artists approach those topics. So one of the things that I had noticed this spring in particular was um, specifically Latino artists working with the American flag and their works. So, for example, Tina Medina's um, mid-career retrospective, which I curated at the Latino Cultural Center in Dallas, um, and Alex Robinson's solo exhibition at Women and Their Work in Austin. Um, And then it also made me think of recent works by uh, Bernardo Valerino. Um, He had a show at the Redbud Gallery last fall in Houston. Um, And each of those artists had pieces where they were working with the flag and um, deconstructing it and reconstructing it in new ways. And here at Glass Tire, we're always fans of a nice, a nice post of artwork that features the flag that interprets it um, and kind of digests it in a new way. So be sure to look out for that post uh, coming forth this holiday weekend. And those works are certainly relevant to this conversation. They pretty much always will be the American flag. National flags in general are like a great symbol because they're so simple and like 
understandable. They're meant to be easily and readily uh, recognized. I was kind of reminded of that at Alex Robinson's show at Women and Their Work because she was employing flag semaphore, which is the like communication signal language that uh, military entities use to communicate at sea. Um, and it's like, oh, yeah, these are literally communication symbols. They are about patriotism and they are about nationality, but they're also like pretty literally linguistic they're not just symbolic. They also have like mechanical function, um, which I really appreciated about Alex Robinson's exhibition. Um, so to say, those are all perfectly relevant examples. But I think as you'll see from this conversation, there's like maybe even like a broader way of interpreting how artists dig through identity and being in place specifically in this nation in the United States. I guess I want to bring up on the subject of place, locality, and being even more specific than Texas or the United States. Two exhibitions, Bottomland at Sweet Pass Sculpture Park and the video work Salad by Tremaine Townsend. That's Dallas backwards. Um, both of those are pretty intentional representations of Dallas as a means to kind of meditate upon what this city, the city that I live in, is is all about. Um, and one of the big takeaways is rapid, rapid change. Tremaine Townsend's video features a series of vignettes of Black dancers in different historic locations performing dance routines and it's cinematic, it's choreographed, it's visually stunning to look at. Um, and then Bottomland was actually a group exhibition featuring artists from around the world who spent, I believe it was a week or two weeks last year researching the Blackland Prairie, which is the native ecoregion that DFW sits upon. And then a year later, they came back to Sweet Pass Sculpture Park and installed pretty impressive sculptural works meditating upon like the cultural values as well as the literal soil underneath the city. Um, one of the best exhibitions of the year, in my opinion, for sure. So those are two examples of shows that are not necessarily like about patriotism. I don't think they're tackling it head on, and yet they're equally as intentional and thoughtful about taking like the respect and the reverence that we're supposed to have for the places that we live or the places that we're from and just giving it the artistic treatment, giving it the poetic justice that it deserves. Um, are there any other exhibitions between our two lists that kind of ring that bell for you, Jessica? Yeah, um, I think for me that really help, like makes me kind of reflect on um, the Texas artists who were part of the Outwin Portrait Competition this year at the National Portrait Gallery in D.C. Um, so we had four Texas artists who were finalists and have their work exhibited currently. And each of them tackle the idea of portraiture in really different ways and are presenting um, presenting different people right as as valuable as people that are worthy of being documented and 
exhibited in a place like the National Portrait Gallery. So, for example, it makes me think of um, Rigoberto Gonzalez's work, Refugees Crossing the Border Wall into South Texas, where he has this very vulnerable family of four um, parents and two children, including a, a young child in diapers, who are attempting to climb a ladder to cross the border. Um, and so to me, it kind of, that work in particular, um, reminds us of these larger, ever-present issues that our nation faces and, um, and the people who, who are attempting to be here. It's a slightly different subject, but I think the kind of like rhetorical tension is similar. Maybe you can agree or disagree with me, Jessica. Um, what you just described kind of reminds me of Vicki Meek's show at Tally Dunn. Um, at what point do we disappear? It's a exhibition wherein she's kind of sussing out like the pressure for black women to lean into white beauty ideals. And she's pretty like straightforward about this being um, something that like a, a, a push to willfully lose your own identity as a black woman and kind of making the viewer ask the question or answer the question themselves. Like what, like when do you become literally someone else if you're aspiring to do so. Um, like, I think that you're definitely onto something that in a portrait gallery or in a fine art gallery, the things on view are usually quite valuable. They've been vetted through layers of somewhat esoteric curatorial processes at times. And I think that can be like daunting to a lot of even, you know, even the people that are walking in to go see the gallery, to see the shows on view. Um, and so I think that that subject or like that thought of making work and showing work, questioning those ideals is like highly relevant um, in an American context, in an art context. Yeah, and I, I think that's something in my conversation with um, with Tina and uh, Bernardo and Alex uh, about their work with the flags, that came up a lot too. The idea that the act of of taking apart the American flag and reconstructing it is is an act of using their First Amendment right of freedom of speech and how fortunate we are to be in a country um, to have that, that power to um, make those statements through art and, and otherwise. Um, and so I thought that was interesting too because it's, it is um, unique, perhaps, that we are in a place that we can you know, publicly... Um, publicly protest and speak out against um, things that we see wrong with our country. And, and that's a great privilege to have. Absolutely. I remember being at Tina Medina's retrospective at the Latino Cultural Center just earlier this season. Um, and 
she had a work that was an American flag hung vertically and she had incised out of it so that it creates kind of uh, the silhouette of a chain link fence. Um, And I remember asking someone in attendance, like, does this sort of like rattle you up? I feel like I know, I know people that would um, take umbrage with the, the physical deconstruction or perhaps defacement of the American flag. That's never been one of my big pet projects, but um, I know that there are people out there that uh, it would emotionally stir them to see that. And so to see an exhibition where there's many instances of the flag being reworked and shaped and changed is like that in itself is a statement that the artist feels compelled and enabled to do that. Um, and I would agree, it's it's a massive privilege to have the rights to freedom of speech that we have. If, if you grew up in the United States and especially in the South, you may have had uh, once or twice at the dinner table heard your parents tell you, um, you know, they don't get to do this in every other country. <laughs> they, you know, there's censorship in other places. We don't, we don't have that. Um, which this is not a discussion about censorship. That's a whole other bag of worms. Though, um, the way that you described and talked about Tina's work, um, also kind of brought to mind for me, um, Karen Navarro's America Utopica, where she gathered paint swatches that, over time, she had been kind of drawn to and and reminded her of of skin tone and the variety of skin tones and and how skin tone relates to racial identity, um, and then collaged these together. So that idea of of maybe not necessarily taking something apart in the way that Tina did, but then kind of re reimagining and putting something together in a new way. Um, Make, it makes that connection for me between their works. Yeah, watching the five-minute tour that Karen Navarro did, which is posted on Glass Tire, by the way, she's describing like her own relationship to racial identity, not being white, but also not really feeling ownership over like having a darker complexion. It seems like in making the work, she was trying to get a consensus or like looking for input from a greater audience, like what is racial identity? And so the work is this beautiful grid patchwork of variations of skin tone. And then the neon word America um, posted in front of it. And it absolutely has like a flag like quality because there's a lot of perpendicular lines and there's grids and blocks but it's it's not the same as the American flag yeah I agree I think I found it to be like an interesting take on constructing like one's own opinion on racial identity speaking of exhibitions where the artist is kind of giving an impression or an opinion on America, uh, Borna Samak's exhibition, America, Nice Place, on view at Dallas Contemporary, curated by Allison M. Gingeras, is a series of, there are wall works, but I think the sculptures kind of hold more literal space in the exhibition. And also they, they speak pretty loudly. 
there's a sign advertising tax services. It says, uh, file your taxes upstairs. And it's sliced diagonally and set on the floor in such a way that it looks like it's sinking. Um, there's also a wall work I really like, which uh, features a graphic of an elk. It looks like it's from a hunting uh, diagram or catalog of some kind. And it says, my husband has an awesome wife. Again, more imagery and vernacular, which I think is quite relatable or identifiable uh, to a Southern audience. Um, it feels like amidst some of the other exhibitions on this list, Borna Samak's show feels a little more lighthearted or maybe a little more generous. Like he's willing for us to kind of like laugh at ourselves a little bit, but also like recognize it and, and not uh, turn away from it. And then by extension, Natalie Wadlington's exhibition, Places That Grow, also on view at Dallas Contemporary. At the press preview, she kind of said, like, being from California, the locations in the paintings are pretty directly pulled from childhood. But then, like, the skylines are sort of imported from her recent move to Texas. Um, And you can see in the paintings, the perspective allows for, like, great big clear open skies and while that show is like a bit farther removed from commenting on national identity than Borna Samak's show it does kind of feel like a good impression of like what an American childhood feels like or at least like what the memory of an American childhood feels like so to clarify a little bit the paintings um, at Natalie Wadlington's exhibition are there's often like a small child holding a trowel digging in the dirt in a backyard garden there will be some like brickwork on the ground for uh, a walkway or a driveway um, there's also like instances of domestic pets kind of wide-eyed in excitement, uh, bugs. There's like a focus on a small child in a domestic setting outdoors at that kind of like comfortably being in awe of the world, excited and full of joy, but also like nowhere near any danger and kind of like bounded by their own property in a way. So I guess that's what I mean by, like, the memory of an American childhood is, like, the affordance of having unstructured free time, like, leisure and recreation without worry. Yeah, I, I mean, when I think about America and American, Americanness, um, I think a lot of that for me is rooted in being outdoors in exploring nature, being in wilderness, and that idea of um, freedom, freedom that is safe. Um, so I, yeah, I can definitely see that connection to um, to like an, a very American childhood, um, which then you know makes me think of um, artists who are exploring nature and the outdoors. I think landscape painting is definitely a halcyon of like American painting. 
I think it's also changed a lot over the eons. I'm not just talking years, but like decades and maybe even centuries. Um, also on my list, I have uh, Jeff Baker's presentation of new like landscape photographs on view at conduit. And they're all kind of like warning signs of like a heavily deforested area or a scorched earth, if you will. Um, Almost kind of like on par with Doug Aitken. They're kind of scary pictures. They're kind of uh, pessimistic pictures. At least they appear that way to me. Um, Whereas someone like Scott Winterrode, who is a contemporary painter, um, I think is like a little more generous with the watercolor depictions of of the outdoors. They're very nostalgic and yeah, and idyllic I think is is probably the best word I could use. Yeah. Like by comparison, I if you think of like Frederick Remington paintings, uh which I saw in the past year at the Eamon Carter, those paintings are like beautiful, well rendered they contain both like people, they contain figures and the landscape, and they're both given proportion to each other to showcase majesty. But like those paintings are kind of snapshots of a land being claimed by a new owner. Maybe those are not necessarily like super pessimistic paintings. They're supposed to be like glorious, but fast forward. Uh, a couple, a few generations, and we have photographers like Jeff Baker um, giving us a different narrative, a different opinion on the state of the nation's lands. Also, this is maybe a little bit out of order, but um, also an artist of note making work about uh, multiple identity and being an American in hyphenate is Jennifer Lingdatchuk. Uh, she's got multiple bodies of work that kind of make reference to having an immigrant lineage, uh, being rooted in your American identity, but it being a little complicated. Um, at her show at the Houston Center for Contemporary Craft last fall, Uh, which was a great, I don't want to call it a survey because I think it was just a new show, Um, but it had enough like differences in her work, the different materials like synthetic hair, porcelain. um, Like she was employing a lot of red and blue And then she's also used those materials and those strategies to make work that literally uh, references the American flag. Um, I just, I just found like seeing her works making use of synthetic hair in person are really interesting because it feels so removed from being hair, but it's like produced at the industrial scale in China to meet demand. And it just makes you think like, wow, the the things that we like put on our bodies, the things that we wear to imbue ourselves with the identity we want, like using those materials in an art context is just so like powerful. It has so much meaning to it. Um, so I didn't see that show in person. I have seen um, images of 
of her work from that exhibition. Um, and I was just so curious about the hair, hair color, right? The red and the blue, which is so very vibrant. Were those things that, she, do you know if those are things that she dyed herself or if she purchased synthetic hair of that color? My understanding when I had a studio visit with her was that she went directly to the production facilities in China and um, acquired them there. So I I know that she makes her ceramics, she makes her porcelain works, um, although she has also produced those in collaboration with Chinese production facilities as well, and then like brought them home and hand modified them as well. Um, but the synthetic hair specifically, I think they just make it uh, cadmium fire red, which is I don't know. I'm I'm not much of a wig person for myself. I don't I don't think I could pull off a a bright bright red wig. <laughs> um, but July Fourth is coming up, so there's never a better time to give it a shot. Yeah, maybe you should try it. We should see if Jennifer will make us like red, white, and blue uh, wigs. <laughs> <laughs> that that brings me back kind of full circle back to Vicky Meek's show. And again, the idea of these objects of, of beauty and, and thinking about beauty standards and what people do to achieve certain standards and... Um, and how, you know, I, I think that that is true of of societies across time, right? There have always been um, beauty standards that people strive for, and sometimes through, you know, dangerous <laughs> means uh, to get there. Um, but it is interesting to to look at very different ways of working with that topic. Um, I think kind of coming back to that subject, that reminds me of a couple exhibitions by Jose Villalobos in the past two years. Uh, Por Maricón at the Latino Cultural Center in 2021, and then Semillas at Liliana Block Gallery in Dallas in 2022. Um, Both of those shows just highlight uh, his medium, which to me is kind of like meditations on masculinity and I think the more that I see Villalobos's work I think the more that I feel like he's really actually kneading his hands into what masculinity means and like there's actually no cynicism there I think it's always interesting to see an artist approaching notions of expectation and ideals such as in the case of Vicky Meek's show or in the case of Jose Villalobos's show what it's like to be a gay Mexican-American man living in Texas um, having sort of expectations being projected at you from all sides on your like gender on your sexuality and on your uh ethnic origins, national identity. Um, And I think that, like, it's good that we have these artists in Texas because we, like, have a lot of social issues that 
that we really need some rhetorical assistance, some like critical assistance, understanding. Yeah, um, I'm a big fan of Jose's work as a native Texan. I love uh, seeing these iconic Texas cultural items from cowboy hats to belt buckles and um, and trucks and and seeing those things deconstructed and reused to to investigate these ideas of masculinity. I think that um, his work is is really clever and um, and very beautiful as well. And it just kind of ties back into this bigger picture about deconstructing symbols and creating something new and meaningful for yourself through them as a way to engage a larger audience in a different conversation. And with that, that is Art Dirt for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, We're happy to have a conversation about symbols and identity and nationality. Uh, If you're an artist, we certainly encourage you to take symbols and run with them. Um, If you feel compelled to investigate the flag, by all means, go ahead. We hope you have a great July 4th weekend. We'll be back in two weeks with another Art Dirt In the meantime, we recommend you take a look at our events listings. And if you're able to, go see some art. Go see some art. This podcast was recorded by Glass Tire and edited by William Saradet. Copyright Glass Tire 2022.